This is Will Sampson on Human Chorus for Open Lab.
That was Kagan Sound by today's guest, Luke Abbott. Luke is an electronic musician and producer based in Norwich, England, releasing music on James Holden's label, Border Community, as well as Leaf label with his project, Sunwaves. I asked him to explain a little bit about the recording process behind his last solo album, Translate, as well as if space and environment helps to shape his creative process in general, and furthermore, if that same process can help make electronic music feel more organic and alive. It was all recorded as live takes, which, I mean, the idea behind that was really just inherited from how I work with the Sunways project. Um, the whole recording process was uh, you know, very similar, except obviously with far fewer acoustic instruments. Um, there was like a couple of cymbals or drums hit, and I did play guitar on some of those tracks as well. But, um, it, but it was all done in live takes, partially because like, I, find it, I find recording things as live takes a really good way to rationalize, uh, you know, the idea of recording as a documentary process uh, makes a lot of sense to me so you're kind of capturing something that happened as opposed to creating something in a kind of with a sense of artifice or something I, I prefer the I prefer the thing to really have happened but it also means that I don't have to make all of those decisions about um, well, in, in constructing kind of uh, music it, layer by layer or part by part or you know keeping everything in in flux as midi parts and changing a bunch of parameters as you go you know and trying to edit all of that i just feel like i feel like there's far more possibility to make things worse than there is to make things coherent like incoherency is is always only one move away when you're fucking around with that stuff so if everything has happened all at the same time and it's overall a take that you're happy with then that take is guaranteed to some extent to have a, a kind of internal logic in the same way that when people play together there's an internal logic to, the, to it providing that they're listening to each other and responding appropriately um, whether or not that process makes electronic feel more organic and alive like those are quite kind of um, those terms are a bit vague for my for my liking really I don't know if I mean I, th I think I know what people mean when they say organic in terms of music although it doesn't really make sense as a word to me and alive I suppose yes it does because again that kind of docu documenting something that really happened means that you're listening to a thing that really happened you're listening to air moving in a room you know microphones picking stuff up and that's analogous to many of my favourite records you know which are recordings of people in spaces you know Alice Coltrane records for example where you know they're not maybe the best recordings of all time in terms of you know sound quality or something but they're the best recordings of all time in terms of capturing vibe and you know having um, having like a sense of what it was like for those people to interact with with music in that space um, so yeah I think in terms of making electronic music feel like organic whatever that means and alive whatever that means I think really what it comes down to is how do you make how do you make electronic music into something which can be performed with the kind of nuance and the possibility of virtuosity that uh, instrument instrument playing has so uh, effectively the core question is how how do how do you make electronic music where you are responsible for an entire the entirety of, of a piece of music uh, you know if you want to be uh, how do you make the entirety into an instrument so how is how does the whole thing become an instrument and there's a lot of kind of approaches you can take with that in mind
Open Lab, the sound of tomorrow, today.
This is Will Sampson on Human Chorus for Open Lab. I'm with today's guest Luke Abbott and I asked him why he's particularly drawn to improvisation when recording and if he feels that restrictions can actually be helpful for creativity. Improvisation is like an essential part of of creativity, isn't it? Because you can't at some point you're going to have to you're going to have to make something that wasn't there before and that is always by necessity a type of improvisation so I just kind of I don't think it's like a different activity to writing music I think they're one and the same thing I just think it makes a difference as to whether or not you're trying to do it in real time or in kind of not real time um, so like for example the act of programming a complicated drum passage for a kind of Aphex Twin-esque rhythmical playing uh, rhythmical kind of adventure into weird manipulated drums that's a kind of improvisation but it's a kind of improvisation that you know for the most part or at least historically it just couldn't happen in real time so it requires you to sit there and edit the uh, the idea until it's how you want it but that's still that's like not real time improvisation real time improvisation which is something I'm more interested in uh, it kind of takes you a step closer to like the the kind of history of instrument playing and I don't know real time is more manageable like it, it means you can't get lost in rabbit holes uh, and it's more fun I think it's more engaging like I like the I like setting myself up in a position where I have a certain amount of control over the things in front of me and I can you know know where everything is and I can kind of create as I, I go and, and things feel quite malleable when you have that kind of setup right um, it's especially important in Sunwaves because obviously I need to play in real time because I'm playing with a drummer and a saxophone player. So, like they they can't do anything but real time. So if I want to if I want to kind of function in that environment, and I you know, I think I think I do, <laughs> then the then it has to be about real time improvisation. Um, and I think that's maybe one of the things that, like, because it's quite hard to do that well with electronic music, it's like you have to do a lot of background, like, the secret to improvisation is a lot of preparation, I think, and that's true for any instrument player, so, like, the secret for, you know, if you want to be a piano improviser, the secret there is that you have to have played for hours and hours and hours and hours to kind of work out all the places you can take things and all the skills that you can develop so that you've got the biggest tool bag and when you're in an improvisational situation you can then kind of pull from a bigger pool of stuff so the secret there is preparation and, and the same is true with electronic instruments I think the secret is to spend a lot of time preparing so you know that might be working out how to set your modular system up it might be working out how to arrange a lot of samples that you need quick access to uh, and set up samplers it might be in my case uh, like doing a lot of max programming to do things like note management and rhythmical variation management and integration of modular system and computer system and those kinds of things um, yeah certainly in Sunwaves that's the kind of core of it uh, the benefits in terms of recording is it allows me then to play with people who are, play real instruments I think which is you know what I've for the last few years the thing that I've found most interesting um, although I'm thinking about solo music again for the first time in a long time really well first time since translate I suppose um, uh, some restrictions you said, oh, you said something about restrictions the restrictions can be helpful for creativity yeah this is the thing the uh, people say that I hear people say like restrictions are good for creativity and I've always kind of felt a bit or slightly uncomfortable with that idea because <coughs> it feels a bit if, like it feels like it doesn't like as an idea it doesn't have very many good logical extensions so if like the logical extension of having restrictions being good is that more restrictions equals more goodness and if you follow that to the point at which you're in your most restricted position then that's probably not actually good because you won't have that many things you can do um, you know if you reduced your ability to make music to a Morse code signal would that be a good, more creative environment or would it be horribly frustrating and limiting I think it would be horribly frustrating and limiting so but at the same time I understand what people mean when they say that because but what I think it really is is I think kind of 
fully exploring the possibilities of what's in front of you is good for creativity. Like fully understanding the scope of possibilities is good. And what limitations do is they kind of cut down the the space of possibility of, of what you have to kind of get your head around. So I think really what it is, it's not about limitations being good. I think there's just a sweet spot of complexity where things are very co like as complex as they can become in terms of the possibilities presented but at the same time they're comprehensible and manageable physically for, you know, for the person trying to create you know. so I think that's what it is I think you know I don't know if I'd phrase it as limitations being helpful but I would phrase it as um, there being a sweet spot of complexity that allows you to best kind of explore an idea. The complete soundtrack to your day. Open Lab.
You are listening to Open Lab, the sound of tomorrow, today. This is Will Sampson presenting Human Chorus on OpenLab.fm. I'm with today's guest, Luke Abbott, and I asked him why he doesn't play live much anymore these days. For me, it's always been the most fulfilling part of sharing music. And so, I wondered what the most fulfilling part of music is for him these days. Um, yeah, I don't play live at all at the moment. Uh, when the pandemic came along, I was just about to release Translate, and we were about to, just about to release um, the last Sunwaves album, uh, which I've forgotten the name of because I'm old now. I forget things. Um, but I, I, you know, all the gigs disappeared, and I just started working with a new booking agent at that point, and he was just starting to kind of line me up a tour for Translate. And when it all disappeared, I kind of went, oh, Christ, what a relief. Um, because it turns out after a decade of basically touring on and off constantly, uh, I was exhausted and uh, I'd totally kind of too many hotels and too many airports and too many late nights and too many nights away from my kids and too many, I don't know, too many bad gigs, not enough good gigs. Well, that's not true. There's always good gigs. There's always bad gigs. Like you're not really in control of that, but I just feel like it got, it lost its, it, you know, it lost its appeal. Um, and I was in a fortunate enough position that I had some part-time teaching work at the time uh, and I didn't need it for income so I just stopped doing it and I've kind of you know I plan to get back to it at some point but I don't plan on getting back to it unless I'm in a position where I feel that what I'm doing is worth showing people and that's quite a deep dive because I'm my you know I'm Oh, well, how do I phrase this? This is difficult. I have high standards for myself, I suppose, like unnecessarily high possibly, but I'm not happy to I'm not happy to stand in front of people and press play on something where I don't really have any creative control and the depth to which I want creative control, I want to develop further than I have done before. So I'm not going to bother trying to do anything live until I feel like I've got something that's really worth showing people. Um, but that's fine. It might never happen, uh, which would be interesting, but uh, or it wouldn't be interesting, maybe. I don't know. But, it, you know, you have to kind of accept that the if you're going to get lost in the woods with an idea, you have to accept that you might never come back. Otherwise, you're not really lost. Uh, and I feel like that's where I am, although... I've been developing so much stuff, you know, because I've had a lot more time uh, and I'm still writing music, I st you know, been doing production work and mix work for people, which I find really enjoyable as well. That's a really fun aspect and, you know, teaching is fun, although I think I'm going to stop doing so much of that. Um, the But, you know, like music is, is, I suppose it's it's the most important when it's live because music is a, is a temporary thing you know it doesn't you know it's, it's in the air and then it's gone and for that to happen live feels the most urgent and enigmatic version of of that but there's a lot of electronic music out there that is i think not not always very interesting live and i don't really want to add to the noise by doing something that i don't think is worth sharing so i'm just waiting until i've waiting until I feel like it's good again and then maybe I'll do some gigs but not that many because I'm also lazy you know I don't want to tour I want to stay at home and drink coffee and go for walks with the dog and hang out with my with my family like those are those are the best bits like there's no gig ever has been as good as a good cup of coffee in the morning and a dog walk like that's the best